Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightfulwrestling.com. That's the place to be. All your wrestling news. If you want a Mick Foley interview, hot dog, we had one today. If you want the latest on Killer Cross and Impact, hot dog, we have it today. If you wanted all the news on Chris Jericho getting his title belt stolen, well, we have that too. We have my match ratings, any uh, other just a number of news. Our, our news team of Jeremy Lambert, Carlos Toro, Robert DeFelice, they get it all done over there. But right now, we're talking WWE SmackDown Live for September the 3rd. Alex, that angle was dumb. Uh, continues to be dumb. It has been dumb since the beginning. That was the thing. Remember how stupid that was where Roman had things fall on him and it didn't actually hurt him and we were like, what the hell was this? Did they film it in the 15 seconds before the end? Oh, no, that was a pre-tape. They intentionally did that. Uh, And we thought, well, maybe it'll get better. No, it didn't. It's been stupid the whole time. We just had, you know, ideas. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, uh, what? What? This cannot be their original intention to get to this point. It can't have been. If it was, God help them and God help us all. Yeah, I got somebody in the live chat. The, the one who had the balls to say this is like a murder mystery saying, that was a great swerve. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't a swerve, bro. <laughs> that was, the, the thing was, is... Rowan was the prime suspect the oh, entire time. The whole time. It wasn't it even a swerve. It can't be a swerve. It wasn't a swerve. I mean, the swerve was maybe them introducing Rowan's looper future self as a suspect, <laughs> then like sending him back to the future he never in the DeLorean. Came back. He never he came never, back. Oh, he never came back. It was the dumbest thing. And we're going to break down week by week why it was the dumbest thing a little bit later on. You still there, Alex? I'm here. Okay, just making just making sure. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> this was a great crowd tonight. I just want to say it was. that. It really was. It really was. An amazing crowd that that did uh, that gave great reactions. Bailey from the jump, Alex. We wondered what was going to be up with her. She got a good mixed reaction, which I think is probably what you would desire at that point. Yeah, I, I think I think the I think they're um, forward thinking enough to realize that some people are going to be rooting for Bailey to have you know dropped the veneer of you know everybody's favorite girl next door finally and 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 uh, and go into business for herself and for Sasha. They're rooting for that team to be something different, something new, and a lot of people are going to be like, "No, Bailey, why? Tell us why? Why did you do it?" Um, so I think that, that it's nice to have a, a very vocal portion of the crowd on each side. I think that's good. Yeah, I dug this. I thought it was good. And honestly, I thought the promo that followed was one of Bailey's bests uh, that she's, she's done. It was really natural. She was like, why didn't anybody see this coming? It was, she's my best friend. I, I, she's always been there for me. Why wouldn't I help her? 
She says that Charlotte's never been uh, the role model that she can be, and I like that. I would love like the self-righteous role model Bailey. That's like, I, I just want to take this. I'll do whatever I can to take this. This is the spot I need to be in for, th- for the good of America's future. To uh, leave my imprint on all these people. I dig it. She really trashed Charlotte, but Bailey's in-ring style, Alex, has been aggressive for a long time. Yes, that's true. It has. I mean, she really, we always talk about it. She lays it in, man. She is really, really aggressive in, in this stuff. And... I think that this new persona fits her very, very well. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I like it. I, I, this is this is what I liked about it a lot was that she wasn't telling any lies. Like Sasha's my best friend. Yeah, we've 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 feuded in the past, but she's my best friend, and ultimately she's seen me through so much. Um, you're all surprised that I would be on her side, like, and and that makes perfect sense. And also, I like the idea that like she's like. But I'm still Bailey, because she wasn't doing like, oh, you suck, you people stink, your town stinks, and all the people in the town stinks, which means that you stink. She wasn't doing any of that stuff. She was just being Bailey, like giving giving an actual uh, observation about it. Uh, I, honestly, I love the way this whole first segment uh, progressed, from Bailey alone in the ring, to Charlotte's part of it, to Sasha entering all of that seemed really cool. And like these were actual people with real life motivations as opposed to like, I'm a heel and you're a baby face and we're going to fight now. Like it wasn't that at all. Even down to Charlotte wearing normal human being clothes, yes. which, which yeah. I, I like. She wore an honest to God outfit. She wasn't yeah. out there wearing her merch. <laughs> like sometimes they don't wear their merch. I'm okay with that. Uh, whoever encouraged this, I'm all about it. Charlotte attacks Bailey, which is smart. Why not get to her? Before yeah. before Sasha gets down there. Well, she didn't do it too well because then Sasha beat her ass with a chair. I dug this angle. The crowd was there for it. This crowd made this show. Uh, yep. By the way, guys, if you all want to make this show, donate a super chat. Any amount. We'll read your statement, your question on the air. Helps us pay podcasters, writers, editors, all that good stuff. Julian Weeks says, I think this is a top five SmackDown show of the year. Do you? I think so far, probably. I mean, I... I I'm not remembering a lot of barn burners, but we had a couple good King of the Ring matches, a really great crowd. Uh, I can't remember like a ton of amazing SmackDowns this year, Alex. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna line up on the direct opposite side of that. Like, I don't. I mean, listen, as long the, the the matches themselves were great, I love this first segment. But man, some of the decisions, storytelling wise and booking wise, like don't make any sense to me whatsoever in the bigger picture. And, you know, we're going to talk about how unbelievably stupid this main angle they have for, for Roman uh, has been. We're going to talk about it. And, like, I'm, I'm not giving them a pass on that at all. If they want to make that the number one story of, Sm- of SmackDown, then the rest of it doesn't matter as much. And that's so hideously stupid, it drags everything else down. Matt Thomas says, do you think this Bailey turn could lead to a horsewoman four-way at WrestleMania? I hope so. And if so, when whenever the Horsewoman Four Way happens, I think it should main event of WrestleMania. I, yeah. I really do. I think it's that important. They they could they they will probably never be able to do a Shield Triple Threat main eventing WrestleMania now. Yeah, probably no, never. Probably and never. They need to do a the one that you just have built in. Uh, what do you think, Alex? No, absolutely. I mean, my my thought is they're gonna they're gonna wind up doing. Something along the lines of, at least they should do this. I, I would uh, figure out a way to have uh, Sasha take the title uh, and, and Becky chase. Uh, same thing over on, on uh, SmackDown with Bailey and Charlotte and have them cross over to both shows through Survivor Series. When you have Sasha and Bailey, don't, don't, don't worry about the titles being involved there. Like This can be the main story. Sasha and Bailey, maybe give them two extra partners versus uh, uh, Becky and Charlotte and give them two extra partners. And what I would like is that Becky and Charlotte haven't fully patched things up yet, but they're still fighting uh, fighting against the, the Sasha Bailey, who are absolutely a, 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 a solid front. I think that there, you could be a lot there to, to make that in kind of a, 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 main, a major part of Survivor Series. 
Aaron Jay's fan says next week I see Sasha and Bailey against Becky and Charlotte. I don't know if I see that next week, but I see it coming sometime in the future. And yeah, they they got to address the the uh, elephant in the room there between Becky and Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this is the thing is that I I hope they don't give that to us on a random SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, like that that Becky and Charlotte versus Sasha and Bailey. As hot as three out of those four are, and Charlotte can easily be lifted to that level within a week or two. As hot as they all are, um, you got to save that for a major pay-per-view match and keep them as separated as possible. You know what I wouldn't hate? If they did the quote-unquote winner-take-all thing there, Mm. where you know a title is going to switch. Yeah. Where uh, Bailey is defending her title, Becky is defending her title. Yeah. I, I think that would be a good one down the line. Young Bibby says, Carmella can be a good baby face. I see potential. She is a good baby face. She's a good baby yeah. face right now. She's an awesome sure. one. Yeah. She's wonderful. I want to see more of her in the ring. Uh, no, she was nowhere to be found tonight. Hope they didn't bring her to TV. If There's if, a lot of people who are nowhere to be found tonight. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they, they also utilize a lot of talent that isn't usually utilized. So Yeah, that is true. I mean, we, we saw Gable, Benjamin, Aleister Black, um that wonderful jobber in the Nakamura match. Like there were a lot of spots that were kind of filled tonight that typically aren't filled. Tim Traver says, I got this hurricane Dorian coming my way. Damn. You should nuke it. It's the, it's what I did to Shane Helms and he got the hell yep. off fightful. Didn't he? There you go. Yeah. So, uh, SmackDown rolled on and it rolled on with an outstanding match between Elias and Ali. Ooh boy. These guys had a yes. good one. And good. I'm really digging how this tournament's unfolding, Alex. I, I had said all along, hey, we get we get about 66% of these matches hitting 6-7 on, on my personal scale. I'll be happy. That's what's been happening, Alex. It's so The matches have all been, like, really, really – not all of them, let's say. But yeah. I'd say 80% of them have been really, really good matches. Well, really good matches. Do you want to hear something that will bother you? Sis. At one point, Ali was pegged to win this tournament, uh, and they went into it not knowing who was going to win it. <laughs> right. No, this is the thing: is that, that Ali's been given the short shrift for months now. Like not not just because of the injury yeah. with in the chamber, but he was poised to have at least have a match, if not win the title from Shinsuke. They scrapped that from from SummerSlam, and he went into this thing. I had him in the finals because it it lined up so well yeah. uh, to this point, but like. Listen, uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. But I mean, as far as the match itself goes, the match could not have been better. Like the, this, this was this was, in my opinion, by far, Elias's best match in WWE uh, because Ali makes everyone look like a trillion dollars uh, because of the way he sells for things. Uh, and and you, you, if you if you go along with him, he'll he'll make you look like you know so so good. And and I loved the the dual working of uh, Elias's arm and that four fifty uh, on the arm was great. And Elias sold it in a manner where I was like, "Is that really hurt?" He did a great yeah. job there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the arm for Elias and the knee for Ali going back and forth, each guy working to the guy's body part was such great psychology. I loved it. I like Ali using the cross face. Uh, that suicide dive was good. Uh, Elias going to the stretch muffler. I was a fan of that too. I thought that yep. was a good move. Yeah. Uh, the the spots on the top rope, my God. Yeah. Where Elias pushes Ali off, and Ali backflips, lands on his feet, but hurt his leg, and then managed to super kick Elias midair. Great yep. delivery. Great sell from Elias. Yep. Elias hit the spot. Ali hit the spot. These two have some real good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 spot the four fifty under the arm. Was a direct uh, lift from the Ali versus Buddy Murphy the first time they ever fought uh, a year and a half ago, uh, and the backflip on- onto the floor followed by the super kick to the guy jumping off the top rope to the floor was a direct lift from the the no qualification match that uh, Ali had with Murphy. Like he's he's got certain things in also, but I love that it's be- it takes us like a, a a devotee such as myself who's watched all of those matches and remembers them so well to, to like go, wow, like I remember this exact thing happening before, but I haven't seen it a hundred times in the year since then. Like it only gets broken out in, this, in, in specific times where it really suits the match that he's having. 
this was just real good. Elias did that sit-down powerbomb, worked the leg, and got the win with the drift away. This was just real good. Yep. Real, real good stuff. Ali was great. Elias was great. This tournament has been exceptional thus far in the ring. And, hey, that's that's what I want. If you're going to give me good matches between guys that necessarily haven't been protected, find yep. something for them to fight for and make it matter. And thus far, they've made the King of the Ring seem like it matters. You haven't seen one person on here say... I don't care about the king of the ring. You haven't seen one person try to walk out of their match. You haven't seen one person go and get DQ'd. You haven't seen one person act like this tournament isn't important. You haven't even seen a champion going, oh, you you have fun with your little king of the ring. Everything has been made to be important, and I I appreciate that. Yeah. uh, I mean, obviously, the the, the problem with with all this is the decisions that they made about who's winning and moving on. Um, you, you had Buddy Murphy, who was white hot after two weeks, taking Roman to the limit and pinning Daniel Bryan clean. And then you had him lose clean to Ali last week, which signals that, oh, wow, you just you made Buddy look, look so strong the last two weeks. And this match, which was a great match, he had, you had him put over the other guy. That means that guy's going far. Now, maybe it's a swerve to give the other guy the win, but I would say that except for Elias has been basically a hapless stooge to Shane McMahon for the entire summer. And the the match he had in the tournament before this one, it required Shane McMahon being a guest referee, giving him a fast count to beat Kevin Owens. Like, you can't... One week has to lead into the next. Elias, while this was his greatest match, it doesn't make sense for him to be moving on in this fashion because of who he has been for the past several months. I mean, obviously, we'll see where they go from here, but I thought there was an amazing TV match to be had in the in the semifinals between Ali and Andrade. And they said, nope, we're going to switch that and do it the opposite, which the, the next week's match may be killer, may be amazing. But I feel like there was, a, there was a way to go that, as you said, Ali was poised to win this thing at some point, and they decided to go the opposite direction. I still think the other way, the way they originally had it, probably was the better way to go. I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. Fire and Desire defeated Cross and Bliss. I'm not necessarily all right with this. They haven't won a match since May. And it's like, how do you get a title shot? You beat the champions. You beat the champions. They, how do you get how do you get this match, which if you win it, would have you then face the champions for a title shot? Oh, you lose all your matches recently. That's how you get this match, which is ostensibly for an opportunity at the titles. Like, I don't know why they even have this match. At this point, would it have hurt the Kabuki Warriors to lose to Fire and Desire? Because I don't think it would have. No, you could have you could have easily had, um, um, you know, Kabuki Warriors versus Fire and Desire, and the winner gets Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross at uh, Clash of Champions, where all titles have to be defended. And, That's and an easy way of doing it, and you have but a match no. with stakes on the show. Yep. yep. Better yet, do it at MSG next year. You need stuff that matters on that show. Yeah. Uh, well, all things considered, I like this match. Um, Mandy and Sonya have a little bit more matching gear. Technically, Nikki and Alexa kind of do. They're both wearing the Alexa Bliss shirt, which I like that Nikki does. Uh, she did a great crossbody on the fire and desire. Mandy <laughs> screams at Nikki, you'll never look like me. And Alexa goes, nobody wants to look like you. And Mandy says, shut up. I was like, all right, I can deal with that exchange. Alexa Bliss getting a hot tag. That's different. Yes. I, I kind of dig that. That's different. Yeah. I'll tell you what's different. That amazing high-low that Sonya and Mandy did. To yeah, that was match. good. That was good. Oh, boy. No, I love it. One day, somebody's going to get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that because yeah. I don't think that Sonya and Mandy can pull it off. I am completely confident in their abilities to do it. But let's be honest. Stuff happens here and there. Some people, it's it's not always like their type of fault that something like that happens. Yep. Not a lot of room for error, but I love that move. That was incredible looking. That was awesome, Alex. Yeah, I love that move too. And listen, I'm I'm okay with Fire and Desire, you know, being at your at the very top of your women's tag division. Um, the problem is, is that you've got to book them like contenders yes. leading up to their title shot, and they haven't. That's the problem. Is as again. 
weeks of wrestling programming have to lead to the next one. You can't be, this team sucks, this team sucks, this team sucks. Just look at their win-loss record. This team sucks, this team sucks. This team wins one match and gets a title shot. They suck that less. Can't, yeah, that, <laughs> that can't be how you run your wrestling program. It just can't. I mean, that's just a, that's just a major, major flaw in how they do week-to-week storytelling in WWE. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm a big supporter of Fire and Desire. Interviewed them recently, Alex. That's coming to Fightful.com soon. Ooh, fun. Uh, Very good stuff. Uh, Eloquent says, is Eric Bischoff finally involved in the show now? He's not had a lot of contributions to this show, and that's not really what he's there for creatively. But, uh, yeah, not a ton of involvement. DJ Cast, thank you for the big super chat, my friend. Says, you guys are the reason why I'm able to stay up to date on these shows. I haven't watched a main roster show since SummerSlam. And taking a break as the product has gotten stale, have things changed? I'll say the King of the Ring tournament has really helped keep me interested. If you can, if you can, uh, you know, find, like, you know, if you've DVR'd it or you got it on Hulu and provided these matches are there in their entirety, I would say go back and watch all the King of the Ring matches. Everything else has been, you know, I mean, the, the the Orton and Kofi thing has been pretty good. It's been yeah. really, really good. Let's say and, that. And the revival, the revival the, partnership. Right, I, right, right. But I'm saying like, but as far as like what, what they have told us by running videos packages on both Raw and SmackDown, the most important thing going on right now is who attacked Roman Reigns. And they have botched that storyline to hell. So, like, if, if that's the most important thing, that's what you're putting all of your effort into, and it is so terrible, then everything else is going to, like, be dragged down by comparison. Yeah. Uh, there, there's still some interesting stuff. We talk about the Randy Orton stuff. He calls out Kofi Kingston, gets a great reaction for it, too. People love this angle, and this, like I just said, this is one of the best SmackDown crowds, I'll be honest, in years. Can I say one one thing that I that no. I actually love about no this? No things. But, well, this, <laughs> but this angle that, that I think makes it so much better. We have not seen Xavier since he got hit, since he got hit, hurt, like with, with with his knee or whatever. That's a good we have point. not. We did not see Biggie this week. That that it, that really that really solidifies the idea. Kofi is in this alone now. Like like uh, Orton uh, FTRKO as they're calling themselves. Have 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 um, sealed him off. Have 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 hunted down his partners and got them out of the picture. And now it's just Kofi versus these guys. That makes it so much easier to really root for Kofi yeah, because there there's so many oftentimes like oh my god how will this guy ever make it to the next one? and then he's there and he's fine he's not even not even wearing walking with a limp. I love that they're actually making it matter for 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 Xavier and Biggie and keeping him off TV. It really helps the story. Well, Kofi comes out, he's attacked by the Revival, fights back briefly, falls victim to a Shatter RKO. Good, simple, effective storytelling. Kofi is literally overcoming the odds because his buddies are gone, but he still wants to fight. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I gotta say, I would probably hate this short joke angle a lot less if it were only Samoa Joe making these jokes, Alex. But he's <laughs> he's really, really good. He's really good at them. And really he good. even admitted, hey, I know these jokes suck and they're tired, but yeah. here are some. No, but here's <laughs> here's what I love about Joe. And and I love that it's him making this making this uh observation. He says, All these jokes are stupid. They're really stupid jokes. But the thing is, Chad, I look in your eyes and I can see that you've been told these jokes your whole life and it still hurts because you're mentally weak. That is a completely different tactic than like Shelton Benjamin going, hey, shorty, you're so short. What a shorty, short, short. Like when Samoa Joe's like, hey, here's a short joke. That's a stupid joke, right? But it's not because if it affects you, it's not stupid. And it really shouldn't, you shouldn't have it affect you. But you can't help it, can you? Because you're mentally weak. That's a totally different tactic, and it shows how, how Samoa Joe really knows what he's doing, as opposed to these other guys who are like, hey, shorty, it's totally different. Well, that's what Zelina did. All four yep. foot ten of her. Yep. Yep. Uh, she makes some of her own. This is, uh, Gable's so smooth. And, you know, after last week, I didn't have high hopes for this, even though the, the, the ingredients involved, because... Shelton and Gable wasn't great. This was really good. And you know what was even better, Alex? Again, the crowd. Yeah. WWE could not have asked for a better crowd. They really couldn't. Here's the thing. As again, 
they've shown us for months and months by keeping him off TV. And then like, like, oh, you don't take this guy seriously because he's short. That's what they've said. So the fact that the crowd said, you know what, screw all that. We're rooting for this guy. And every single near fall he gets, we're going to pop like crazy for. And when he actually wins this thing, we're going to go nuts for him. Even though you've told us with your programming and your booking and your writing that we shouldn't take him seriously or root for him, we're saying, no, we're going to root for this guy anyway. Thank you for this crowd, because another crowd might have taken the cues they were given and been like, who's this guy? Why do I want him to win? But they said, nope, we're rooting for Chad Gable. And thank God they did, because it really added to this match. There's a rolling kick and a neck breaker that hit. Uh, then he does like a great wrist clutch, high crotch, chicken wing suplex, which Corey Graves called. And I got to say, I appreciate Corey Graves has been calling moves lately. Yeah. Lots of them. And I dig that. I, I like that he cares enough about that to to go out and call the damn move. So yeah. uh, good on Graves for doing that. But um, I don't think I'll ever love that Del Rio stomp spot. But I, I got to say, this is one of the better ones. For a couple reasons. Andrade pulled up Gable by his hair while he's hanging there. Yeah. Then he placed his left hand on Gable's right hand to keep it secured on the rope. Yep. Yep. Then did the stomp. Uh, a lot of respect to Andrade for doing what he can to yep. make a really stupid spot a little less stupid. Yes. Uh, and I am all for that. I am glad that's happening. I am... It needed to happen. He needed to, to make a little bit of sense of that if he's going to use it. Andrade battles back, eats a moonsault, and there was a hot reaction for this, Alex. Yeah. And see, the thing is, I may be mentioning it a lot tonight, the reaction. Usually I don't get to mention it. No, you don't. Usually I don't get to talk about it. Uh, Chaos Theory hits, but Zelina interferes. And this is how you want a crowd to react. Yes. When a heel interferes. I thought they were about to throw batteries at that woman. <laughs> I thought she was about to eat a roll of quarters to the dome from yeah. somebody in the sixth row. Yep. But then Gable rolled up Andrade to a huge ovation. This was just wonderful. Yeah, the the pop that, that Chad Gable got, it gave, gave me hope. Gave me hope for the world. That we could that we that we say let, let's root for this guy because because he's being he's being mistreated by all these people. And we, we say, you know what? I root for the guy who's being bullied. And I want this guy to win. I think that's a, that's a cool thing. We want that. Um, uh, I mean, I, I thought this smash was really great. And it showed a lot for, for Gable. But my thing is, I'm watching this. I'm going to... The, I have the same reaction watching this that I had watching Ember Moon at SummerSlam. Chad Gable could have been doing this for you every week. He could have been doing having, having great matches. Whenever you decide, whenever you call on Chad, Chad Gable's name and say, hey, kid, you're having a match tonight, he has the potential to steal the show. Yeah. But you don't ever call his name. You don't ever tell him, kid, you're having a match tonight. Now you have. And if you ride this kid to the finals, even if he loses there, you wait and see how many people really cheer for this guy. Like, really play up this thing. You know, uh, you know, basically the second coming of Kurt Angle. You could really do that kind of a thing with this guy. Do it. You, see what, you know, see you know it takes. why I don't have a wealth of confidence in that? Shelton Benjamin. The guy who had bangers with Triple H, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Christian, yeah. Batista, Ric Flair even. Every single time that guy was yeah. put in the ring yeah, with great true. performers, he would have great matches. And it was, oh, well, he can't talk the way we want him to. <sighs> eh. I mean, uh, yeah, and, and, I don't, and I don't as have. Hannah Moore asked the important question: How does Ember Moon fit into all this? Right, that's the problem. She doesn't fit into shit right now. No, no. again, like as we talked about, there are a lot of people who you said who over the past couple of months were were pushed toward near the top of their own division or whatever, given a chance to shine, and they did shine, and there was their reward for that nothing. The reward for that is zero TV time. Ember Moon had a great match with 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 Bailey at SummerSlam. She's off TV. Where's Buddy Murphy this week? If he's even mentioned after after three weeks of great matches on TV, stealing the show three weeks in a row, Buddy Murphy mentioned? Nope. So that like the whole thing is it, it doesn't matter. Also, how tall are you, Alex? Uh, I'm a shade under six feet. I am also six feet tall. For some reason, I thought you were like six three. No, no. But no, but anyway, 
I had I saw somebody on Twitter say, "Oh, the only people that hate the Chad Gable thing are short people." I'm like, no, oh. it, people who don't like redundant dumb shit yeah. over and over yeah. again. Yeah, and... no, I was bullied for other reasons when I was young. <laughs> like, you're smart. Why are you so smart? No, yeah. you're a me, nerd. Me too, not... totally. About how smart I was. Yeah. Uh, Alistair Black, I am done <laughs> with the moody promos. Okay, okay, I'm done with them too. But here's the deal. Today, on this episode, they told you no more moody promos yes. in in the room. They said that. They promised us there would be no more moody in the room promos from Alistair Black. He said, I'm done sitting here waiting for someone to knock on my door. I'm going down to that ring and someone's going to come find me there. No and I'm more knock doors. So it's a next Friday reference. If Yes. If next week... They have him back in that damn room cutting out a moody promo. I'm going to throw things. Yeah, I'm going to videotape yeah. myself throwing things because this is ridiculous. Sounds I'm like... very happy he's gotten to the point where he's realized you can't just sit in a room waiting for somebody to knock on your door. If you want a match so bad, go down to the ring and demand one. He did. Look what he got. A match. Do that from now on, okay? Sounds like sour graps to me, Alex. It might be. Planting a seed. Seeds have been planted. Uh, so why wouldn't Shelton Benjamin just kick Black in the face when he drops down and does the little cross-legged gimmick? I hate that so much. I, I, I think it's a fun thing to do if the guy's not in the ring, and that's usually when he does it. Yeah. Um, but it's it you can't react to him sitting cross-legged in the middle of the ring. You can't set, react to him sitting crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring the way people also react to, reacted to Bray Wyatt's spider walk. Like, oh my God, what's, what's happening? I can't. How I'm blinded by this person doing a weird yeah. pose. Like, you can't do that. Can't At least do it. when Goldust yeah. did his little taunt, he was standing upright. Yeah. He was in a battling position. Well, a black mask knocks Shelton out of the ring. Shelton levels black with a knee and eats another black mask. That's it. Sure. Hey, whatever. I'm, I'm okay with Shelton at this stage of his career being used in this role. Uh, me too. I do wish they had had him come out and answer the challenge on TV as opposed to, like, Alice, I'm going down to the ring. I'm gonna, I'm gonna demand somebody come down there. He he makes his entrance. During his entrance, they go to commercial. Back from commercial, he's in the ring with Shelton Benjamin. They said during commercial, Shelton Benjamin answered this open co- challenge. I'm like, I would have loved to have had him stand there, wait ten seconds, and have the anticipation build of who was going to come out. And you know what? When Shelton Benjamin came out, I would have popped a little bit and on my couch at home, going like, this could be good. Like a good little three-minute match where Shelton gets in some good knees and offense and tests Black before he hits the Black Mass. And guess what we got? We got that. But I was just like, oh, back from commercial and we're doing this now. Like you could have actually just done that on TV or at least had film of it and shown it to us. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I agree. Not really much more I can add to that. Nakamura defeated a jobber. Zayn says the jobber is going to pretend to be the Miz. Jobber hits Nakamura, gets his ass kicked and beaten. Uh, the highlight of this was Sami Zayn calling the match over the microphone. I like yes. that. It's something yep. they tried with Abraham Washington back in the day. I was at the event where that went terribly awry. Yeah, and what what did <laughs> not was, I don't, yeah, I'll go what, ahead and tell you. What exactly it was raw, what he said? <laughs> it was Raw 1001. Yeah. Uh, and it was the night the U.S. Bank Arena caught on fire during a pyro test. And the primetime players were out there, and Abraham Washington was like, he's like Kobe Bryant in a hotel room. Unstoppable. Oh. Yeah, I get the feeling Sami Zayn's not going to say that, so I think we're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Not much more you can say about this besides Sami Zayn's good, and hey, good, a win for Nakamura. Whatever. 24-7 title segment carries over into this. You see the Singh brothers following Drake into – Drake and Renee into the boiler room. Metal Leak and some others try to win it, but Bo Dallas eventually wins this. Alex, what did you think about Bo Dallas's first reign? A momentous one. Yeah, a momentous one. I love that Curtis Axel celebrated like he was also the champion. Yes, I think that that's cute. Um, I I also thought it was really funny that like the Bollywood Boys, basically um, the Singh Brothers, they're 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 in there, which I haven't seen them as part of the whole like people running through thing. Which made me oh, think, I, oh, I have. They, they have. Oh, been. okay. Um, uh, but usually the usual suspects are usually like Mojo Raleigh and Titus O'Neill and all these people. They weren't there. 
uh, I expected to see a much larger cadre of people running after the belt. So much so that that we only got one of the Lucha House Party involved. We had Grand Metal League doing it, but the other two were, were nowhere to be found. So uh, when they were all in the ring, this, the, the, the Bollywood Boys and Metal League and B-Team, I was like, did you just fly in those five guys to, to be part of this this angle? I think that's fine. But it was uh, it was funny to me that, that, that Metal League was like, I'm going to become the champion tonight. And, and Dorado and Calista was like, yeah, uh, have fun. Like, they didn't want to be part of it. I, okay, so also, back in the ring, Drake Maverick wins the title back. On the ramp, R-Truth is hiding under the King of the Ring stuff and wins with the roll-up. I wish this wasn't such a newsworthy week, because I am sitting on an R-Truth interview where he's holding the 24-7 title, and I Uh. need to release it when he is a champion. (laughs) Because I am particular about that stuff. Like. I've sat on stuff for a long time. I've released, like, making of finishers that have been there for a year because it's evergreen content. That isn't evergreen content because he's holding a damn title. Uh, But R-Truth wins. The real thing I want to talk about here, let's get at least a new pin. I'm so sick of the schoolboy winning this all the time. Like, I would love to see Drake Maverick win with a small package. Then Renee looks at him and says, finally, a small package helps you out. Oh, nice. No way he can't do it. Daniel Bryan demands an apology from Reigns for calling him a liar and spearing him. I want the people that are advocating this in the chat right now because this is your one chance to get stuff read on the air without paying for it. (laughs) Because I'm going to eviscerate this angle. Reigns comes out and he is attacked by Rowan. Bryan uh, doesn't like being called a liar. Doesn't like being speared. Rowan says that Daniel Bryan didn't do this, but Bryan is worse than everyone. He's nobody's puppet, he being Rowan. This is the longest Rowan promo we've ever seen. Uh I thought, all things considered, he did pretty well. Delivering what he had. He admits that he did everything. So Uh why... This is very much Enzo and Cassish. Like, what? What's? Why is he hiding it? Like, yeah. what, what's his end? I remember game? Was that. He trying to thing. murder yeah. Roman Reigns. Was that the thing? Was he trying to murder Roman Reigns? Because if so, probably needs to go to jail. Why mm-hmm. did he have the twin come in? Right. Why was that brought in? Why um, did he hook a camera up to his car and run it into Roman Reigns? Did he mail yeah. in the footage? Why did he? rig up production all backstage this the thing the thing about all of this is it, it he can't be working alone because we saw footage of who was they say and rowan is admitted to even though they had a lookalike who might as well have been that same guy you saw footage of him pushing a stack of speakers or whatever road boxes not anywhere actually near roman but whatever after somebody else from the opposite direction had driven a forklift into a bunch of uh, scaffolding and pushed that on Roman. So is it his future self that they took the DeLorean to go get from the year 2050? Like, is it is that the guy who was driving the forklift and now he's back on because uh, – or did they have to – Does Murphy fit into this at all? Was he no. helping him at some point? Like, Wouldn't that be nice? Because he was, he was a major – part of this storyline for weeks like i saw rowan no i didn't i'm gonna have a match with you roman i'm gonna have a match with you daniel bryan completely off tv retconned out of this thing just as rowan's dad was as well you you can you can pretend to like this angle all you all want guys uh and guys but i mean like one person in our chat ever (laughs) but the camera angles don't make a bit of sense none the lack of police involvement in this angle doesn't make any sense. Nope. The, the idea that Rowan was just shrouding all this in mystery, but the second that a piece of footage comes out that implies that it might be him or someone who looks like him, then he admits it? Instead of just going, no, 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 this is a misunderstanding, and not yeah. trying to do more? What? So, footage comes out last week of somebody who looks... Like it might be Eric Rowan, but also looks like it might be the other dude 
who was brought in specifically to create reasonable doubt. And instead of Rowan going, well, that's not me. That's the other guy. We already showed you yeah. it was him last week. Instead of him saying that, he was like, yeah, it was me. I did it. Whoops. Like, I don't, I don't know. What is all, what is this? What, how did you, how did you put this together so poorly and then say, yeah, this is the most important thing going on. And why, why, why is he letting Daniel Bryan slap him around last week if he's going to beat him up this week? Yeah, that, oh God, it was so, so bad. Like, and I guess this is the way they're turning Daniel Bryan back face by, by having him be attacked by, by Rowan. Like that's, if that, if your whole thing was like, oh, well, we got to have somebody attack Roman so Rowan's has something to do. Uh, and we want, we want Daniel Bryan to be back selling merch. So two birds with one terrible, stupid stone. No, feed two birds with one scone. That's the PETA approved. Thing. Julian, who is the resident apologist for this angle, who says, thanks for singling me out. You singled yourself out, bro, in the chat <laughs> repeatedly. I like you, but you did. He said, is this possible? The angle could not be so great, but what comes of it could be great. Sure, but what what could come of it that what, could be what? so great after five, six weeks? So, uh, so a match. Do, do, Julian, do you, do you believe that there's a chance that Roman will lose this feud and or match with Eric Rowan. Cause I don't. Yeah. So it's like, he's got a match with Eric Rowan. Great. Eric Rowan is, has, has been traditionally like recently with Daniel Bryan. It's been a different story, but traditionally he's been such a stooge that he lost to the rock in six seconds at WrestleMania. Like, like he's not, he's not a threat. So hey, the hey, idea that you decided far, to book him as a threat. spots in this world than having The Rock's last match ever. No, that's, that, is, that is true. What, I, what I'm saying is it's not like, oh, God, how, how will Roman ever overcome the odds yeah. is not something you can do in a one-on-one match with Eric Rowan at a, at a you know, B-plus pay-per-view. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not anything you can do. Like, okay, great. Then, not, then what? After, after Roman eventually, even if he doesn't beat Ro- Rowan at, by the way, Roman and Rowan is not a feud I want to keep talk- talking about because it just makes my, my tongue. I, honestly, uh, I think they're going to have a really good match. I believe they are. Both. They could have a really good match, but I'm saying like, w- does it, does it, I, where? See, I don't know. I don't know what Rowan's capable of in a singles run. I don't know what he's capable of with promos. I don't yeah. know. I've not seen it. Yes, uh, I guess I know true. what I do see. Frank Aguilera super chat. He says I can never watch post shows live because I work retail. But I wanted to thank you guys for countless hours of entertainment. Have a great show. Hey, thank you. Uh, this thank week you. on Fightful Select, if you all want to subscribe, WrestleMania 13 review. I did an all out and Starcast review. I got the backstage report podcast coming up. We have Warren Hayes' show. We have Steven Jensen's show. Five shows this week on Fightful Select, and that's in addition to the Ross podcast, the SmackDown podcast. Listen, your boy, the tons of interviews and clips and scrums I'm putting up on this channel. Uh, click that subscribe button, my friends. Support us. I am uh, traveling often and doing uh, a lot of work. DJ Cast says, CFO, is it true that they're down? If so, I'm glad. Their music is generic. At least Jim Johnson provided lyrics uh, to help make a superstar. Okay, well, to, to break that down, I've reached out to WWE. They didn't respond. Plenty of CFO songs had lyrics. However, there were a lot of lazy loops, but whoever has been making the new WWE themes sucks. Yep. It's bad. It's bad. Rob Wilkins says, what would you guys order at Longhorn Steakhouse? Let's go <laughs> ahead and talk about this. So myself and David Bixenspan got word of this um, around the same time. From all places this was posted, Scott Keith's blog of doom. <laughs> The OG, uh, I called the Tallahassee PD. They confirmed it, said it was still an open case. Jericho grabbed the wrong bags from the airport, went to Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> the driver went back to the airport. Uh, the title belt is gone, basically. What is being referred to by some in AEW that I've spoken to as the most expensive championship in wrestling yeah. is missing. Jericho has since turned it into an angle and it says he's yes. going on a worldwide search. Sure. Make mm-hmm. make a positive into a negative. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of people I talked to in AEW had no idea this was happening. Uh-huh. Jericho not eating at a Cracker Barrel like a company man. Yep. Just furthering his heel role. What did you think when you heard this, Alex? Oh, my God. It's just, it's so Jericho. Just the idea, Jericho, get in the limo, take the limo to Longhorn Steakhouse, which, by the way, tangent, Longhorn Steakhouse? I went there once. I got an eight-ounce sirloin, medium rare, and they served me a shoe. Like, it was the worst steak I've ever had. It was tough. It was rubbery. And they had over-seasoned it to the point where it was, like, impossible. To, it was I had to, like, scrape something off the top of it. Like, it was awful. And while he's there, he's like, whoops, I picked up the wrong bags. Hey, so, driver, go back to the airport and get my bags. And then, the I guess, it was stolen out of the limo is what they're saying? A little tough to say. Um, like, so, wow. I mean, you know, a lot of people implying, oh, drunk Jericho at it. And I saw, <laughs> I saw Trina, our former co-host, say, "Did Drunk Jarrett ever lose a title?" And I'm like, "Drunk Jarrett lost companies, multiple, <laughs> like several." Well, he's got Jericho beat there. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the guy lost entire companies. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, and how do you get the wrong bags? Mm. I don't know. I, I hope they find it. I legitimately I mean, hope like, they find like, it. Like, listen, there, there have been many times where I have picked up off the carousel a wrong bag because it's a rolling black piece of luggage. Mm-hmm. But I don't leave the airport with it. I, like, check inside. Oh, it's not mine. Back on the thing. Like, yeah. or, or we have a little address tag on it. Come on, Jericho. Like, I mean, I don't know. But listen, this was all. this is all so... Just perfect. And did you notice the uh, Corey Graves make the reference to it tonight on commentary? Yeah, I did. I, I saw Big that. Maverick. He and his wife are going to take get an limo and go to a chain restaurant. I just that <laughs> was thinly veiled. I will say, but, I loved uh, it. I, I thought it was there. fun. See, yeah, and I'm okay with that. I I kind of like the differences. I like that when AEW does it, they call a horse Hunter Horse Helmsley. But when WWE does it, it's, it's a little more veiled. I like the different approaches that are kind of snuck in there. Um, spoke to Mick Foley. That interview is now up. Go check that out, guys. He spoke about Bray Wyatt taking the mandible claw. And I know that you were a fan of this. I was a fan of this. Mick Foley also a fan of this. He seemed, like, really honored when I talked to him about this. He says that uh, that he loves it when people use this stuff, even if it's a characteristic a way that he sits, anything like that, because it lets him know that he had an impact on wrestling. Now, this has been a much talked about thing in the past. Like, Taz has not liked it so much. Trish yeah. Stratus told me that she loved it. Say say you were a wrestler, Alex. Would you take that as, as a badge of honor? Because let's be honest, Taz isn't wrestling anymore. Mick Foley isn't wrestling anymore. You know, I, I would absolutely... I, I, I mean, this is sincerest form of flattery. Like that's the thing is that is that when um, as an as an actor, um, we always used to say you steal from the best. Um, like it's it's this is the thing is that you you, see, you find things you're like wow that's a really cool choice the way that guy walks or the way he talks out of the side of his mouth or whatever and you say I'm gonna borrow that for a character not the whole performance but one characteristic and is that is that stealing his move I mean. Maybe, but it's usually a thing like, I love that, and I want to do that as well. I mean, also, it's a perfect thing for for the Fiend to do, to do it that way. I mean, like, it's a nerve hold, but it really looks like he's trying to rip the guy's tongue out. Like, it's really good. It's great. And I love that he basically stole it. He didn't do it to somebody else first. He did it to Mick Foley. And then he, he like, he stole it out of I Mick Foley's it. soul. It's perfect. And I think that, I mean, Mick Foley seems like the kind of guy who would be totally fine with it, of course. Like, yeah, He, he did He did a Shang Tsung fatality to him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was it's amazing. I loved it. Also, guys, my interview with Allison Kay, formerly Sienna, is up on the channel now and under our exclusive section. Uh, check that out. It's my first in-studio interview to drop. Uh, I'm very pleased with how it's doing so far. 
you know, we don't do the 20, 30,000, 40,000 numbers that a lot of other channels do because we have podcasts, we have news videos, we have a little bit of MMA on here. So we have a little bit more varied stuff. We don't have people that are just in interviews. So thank you guys for supporting that uh, in-studio interview. And I hope more of you check that out because, hey, to be honest with you, if there, if I see an event where a ton of people are going to be in Toronto, I'll hit up Jimmy and be like, let me scoot on up there. Let me do some more of these. Uh, if I've got ones coming up with Jordan Grace, RJ City, and Sebastian Suave, who uh, you all might not know, but uh, is it's a real good talk. He's a more low-key guy, but that's another really good talk. I've done sit-down interviews with Mick Foley. I got one with Ethan Page. I got one with Mike Weber, a fight coming up. Do not sleep on that one. Mike Weber, former WCW employee, had a lot of really interesting stuff to say. Um, just a lot of really good stuff coming uh, to Fightful. Something good came to Fightful today, Alex, but uh, I don't know if it's good for Killer Cross or Impact. Did you see this story? Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. So let, let's give you all the, the cliff notes of this. Killer Cross asked for his release earlier this year, as did his girlfriend, Scarlett Bordeaux. They do not feel like they are being reimbursed properly. And um, Kill- Scarlett was losing money. Scarlett was released. Killer Cross was not. His last match was at Slammiversary. It had been revealed by uh, Bill Pritchard of WrestleZone today that Killer Cross did not want to blade at Slammiversary. This was something I also heard over the weekend, and I was actually in the process of asking Impact about. I asked them Sunday about a lot of this stuff. They didn't get back to me. Uh, Killer Cross was not comfortable with the fact that there was no blood testing. There was no doctor on site. And he requested they use fake blood. Didn't have a problem losing, from what I understand. But since then, he's not been booked for any Impact appearances. So I was like, man, that sucks. I'll run with that story. But WrestleZone dropped it today. Well, around the same time, I'm asking a lot of people in Impact, Alex, about the word that Impact is paying for hotels. Did you hear that one? No, I not heard yeah, that so one. They're, they're paying for hotel accommodations now. And I had multiple wrestlers say, well, that's because they haven't paid our quarterly merchandise sales, and they probably <laughs> think it's a make good. And I'm thinking, whoa. And then somebody said Killer Cross was pretty pretty vocal about that. Okay. So I prod a little bit more to these wrestlers about their contract status, and they said, well, we're not allowed to publicly disparage the company, and we're not allowed to disclose the details of our contract per the contract. Well, then. Then... I get people from AAA and Impact telling me that Killer Cross, who has been working for AAA for years now, two and a half years, I think Scarlett Bordeaux has the most viewed video on their channel ever, is being held off the September 15th show. Well, why is that? Because Impact and Ed Nordholm are letting AAA use their promoter's license and, and I'm told other amenities to run the show in New York because AAA doesn't have, uh, seemingly, if they're using somebody else's promoter's license. And and it was a request from Impact, maybe Ed Nordholm, I haven't been able to confirm that with multiple sources yet, to keep Killer Cross off the show because apparently he's speaking to them via a lawyer right now. That's a real bad look. All this is a real bad look, Alex. The idea that you would... Especially, I mean, in this day and age, like require somebody to blade, like just that, just that, just seems like so. Nineteen eighty-seven, like to me at this point, like in twenty nineteen, the idea, like no, you're gonna blade, like uh, I'd rather not. No, you're gonna blade, like that's ridiculous to me. Like, I mean, wh- why are we doing those kind of risks? I mean, we've seen in the past. Where you nick an artery and uh, the proverbial crimson mask? Like, what, why would you? Why would you risk any of that crap? When I saw Aubrey passing the blade to Jericho on Saturday, I was like, "Why? Why? Rip a capsule, bro? Yeah, I don't care. It's a. I know it's not real. Everybody yeah. watch, yeah. especially the audience they're targeting. Oh, all yeah. the adults. Yep. Oh, this is a mess, man. And let's be honest, Killer Cross has interest from everybody. Right now, everybody right now, and he's doing some great stuff with future stars of wrestling. I did a long form feature on him. 
Uh, there is a lot of sympathy for him within that Impact locker room right now. Uh, that is just, it is a mess, man. I get the feeling Jimmy's probably going to go off on that on Listen You Boy this week. He does not have a lot of remorse for anything he says about Ed Nordholm. And, hey, you know what? That report probably cost me an RVD interview this week. Not thrilled about that, but it's the job. And hopefully yep. Impact understands that it's the job and we still get that interview that I'm scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, and it's not like some sort of punishment. Danny Brown sent a super chat, said, mention you guys in my wrestling fans group on Facebook today. 8,000 people. Hopefully it'll get you guys some traffic. Keep up the good work. Hey, I appreciate that, man. We have a, a Facebook discussion group too. All of you should go like it. It is facebook.com slash group slash Fightful. I am really digging that. I am still trying to learn Facebook. Kyler's helping me. Rob Wilkins is helping me, um, at least from a promotion standpoint. So, hey, Danny, anything you can help me out with, buddy, hit me up. Message me. Julian Weeks says, both were good, but which is better this week, Raw or SmackDown? I think SmackDown just because it's a shorter show, but I did love that yeah. turn angle at the end of Raw, Alex. Yeah, me too. I love that turn angle. And and the beginning of SmackDown is a direct extension of the of the uh, the the end of Raw, which which I like that it, it goes right over to the next one. So I think that that what what was what I thought was the absolute best storytelling of of SmackDown was actually part of Raw in some way. And as we uh, tie up the news cycle. Kylie Ray confirmed. Uh, it was confirmed to me by Tony Khan. She has been released. There's there's all this dark shrouds of mystery around why she's going. I don't know. I've reached out to Kylie Ray. I've reached out to multiple names in AEW. Nobody wants to talk about it, so I'm not gonna right now. Uh, I, I feel like it's Kylie Ray's to tell. But hey, if somebody lets me know on the record, I'll reveal it uh, uh, under certain circumstances. She asked for her release. Tony Khan granted it. He said it was super amicable and that she is very nice. Uh, this is a bummer, Alex. I thought she was going to be a big key part of this roster. She looked like a million bucks. She wrestled like more than a million bucks. Uh, I, I I know a lot of people thought it was a Bailey ripoff gimmick, but I, I think she she was really really good. And uh, I'm going to miss her being around in AEW. Yeah, it's it, that it sucks for her. It sucks for AEW. Um... Uh, and what remained to be seen what what they were going to do with her uh, on that thing. But, I mean, I think she said, uh, certainly had a bright career in front of her. Uh, another thing happening, like uh, Casey Catanzaro from, from NXT is leaving, uh, apparently due to a back injury. I thought she had an incredible future as, 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 a, as the ultimate baby face, the ultimate underdog, with all those really cool gymnastics types moves she could have done, I saw a huge future for her in WWE. I thought they would have loved to put her up against bigger women like Rhea Ripley and 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 like like to get to a point where she could be believable as a title contender, and then and then go up and and really gain a lot of sympathy from people. And you know she calls it quits. And and listen, I, I have absolute respect for somebody who says, you know what, I'd like to be able to walk when I'm fifty five. I'm 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 gonna think I'm gonna take a, take it out take a take a break from it at least. I have complete respect for people's choices in that way, but it bums me out that that I don't that I we won't that as wrestling fans we won't be able to see her or Kylie Ray possibly's future in this business. As you mentioned, I thought for the next ten years those were gonna be two of the top baby faces. To be honest yep. with you, yeah. Um, shout out to Casey Michael Squared Circle Sirens for breaking that story. Uh, that guy is one of the best. You all should be yes. following him. Follow him. I know there are a lot of people that are like, big if true. No, if Casey posts it, it's true. He is one yeah. of the most well-connected people in so this true. business. Everybody that cares about wrestling news should be following this guy. He is incredible. Uh, I, I've i not made bones about it. I'd love to have that guy at Fightful. He is fantastic. Um. Also, someone asks, and usually I don't answer this but uh, without Super Chats, but is AEW working us with the title being stolen? Please let us know. If they do, Jericho's going to jail or yeah. getting charges pressed. He's, he's filed a false I, police report. Yeah, like if, if that's if, the case. Yeah, I confirmed it with Tallahassee PD. I didn't just run a story. I called the police department, and they confirmed that it was still unless, an open case. Unless, man. The Tallahassee Police <laughs> Department is in on it, man. Tony Khan Don't paid you him understand? off, man. 
Tony Khan's got got his fingers in every little pie, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Leave a thumbs up on this, guys. Subscribe. Watch List and your boy Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a good one. Till next time, guys. We are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.